0: Welcome back to our solo playthrough, narrated story of Van and below the Shattered Obelisk. Previously, for our valiant band of heroes, in the heart of the Red Brand Hideout, the party came across Sarnak, a Nothic who calls the crevice home. It gave them crucial information to find Glassstaff. A tense confrontation with Glassstaff then unfolded. The party, driven by determination and purpose, engaged in a fierce battle. Alden's flames and Gareth's swordplay clashed with Glassstaff's arcane prowess, while Finn's swift strikes and Elena's divine intervention shifted the tide. Through a combination of skill and teamwork, they emerged victorious, with Glassstaff yielding, revealing the sinister plot orchestrated by the enigmatic spider. Meanwhile, Finn explored Glassstaff's quarters. The room revealed its secrets. The chest at the foot of the bed held a trove of treasures, including coins, gems, and some scrolls of magic. Finn's keen eyes uncovered a revealing letter from the spider shedding light on the deeper machinations at play. Each discovery served as a stepping stone, bringing them closer to unraveling the enigma that has entwined their fates. With this crucial information in hand, the party faces a new challenge to track down the elusive spider and the coveted Forge of Spells. Their party, footsteps echoing through the stone corridors, makes their way back to the holding cells where the dendrars await. The air is charged with a mix of anticipation and weariness; the weight of their recent confrontation still palpable. As they approach, the torchlight flickers, casting shifting shadows along the walls. The Dendrars, huddled together in the dimly lit cell, turn their heads at the approach of the party. Gareth, his armor bearing the marks of their recent battle, steps forward with purpose. We've brought glass staff and one of his red brands, he states, his voice carrying the weight of decisions made. The Dendrars exchange glances, a mixture of relief and trepidation in their eyes. The presence of their captured enemies once a source of dread now serves as a beacon of hope. As they make way for the party to enter, gratitude is evident in their expressions. Elena, her presence a calming influence, offers a reassuring nod to the Dendrars. Rest assured, we believe we have an end to this threat in Phandalin. Your cooperation has been invaluable, she affirms, her voice a steady anchor amidst the uncertainty. Finn takes a moment to assess the situation. We'll leave the Redbrand in the northern cell with her comrades. They'll have some time to think about their choices. We can have Harbin or Sildar send someone to come grab them, she states, her tone resolute. As they secure the red brand in the cell, the party's movements are deliberate and focused. The torchlight dances on the damp stone walls, casting shifting patterns of light and shadow. The air in the cell is cool and musty, carrying the scent of damp earth and stone. With the red brand confined, the party steps back, the weight of their shared mission pressing on their shoulders. The Dendrars watch with a mixture of gratitude and apprehension, their hopes for Fandolin's safety resting in the hands of their newfound allies. As they turn to leave, Finn casts a final glance at the cell. The subdued red brands, her gaze a mix of defiance and resignation, meets Finn's eyes. It's a silent exchange, a moment of acknowledgement that their paths have diverged and the fate of Fandolin now hangs in the balance. With one last look, Finn turns away, her mind already focused on the challenges that lie ahead. The party exits the room, echoes of their footsteps fading into the distance. The torchlight flickers, casting dancing shadows along the damp walls. In the dimly lit corridor, the weight of their mission is ever-present, a constant reminder that the fate of Phandalin now rests in their hands. As the party leaves the Redbrand hideout beneath Tresendar Manor, Myrna turns to Alden. I can't thank you all enough for saving us. I don't have any coin to offer, but when I was a young girl, my family and I fled from the town of Thundertree after undead overran the place. My family had an urban alchemy shop. Beneath a section of storage shelves, we kept an emerald necklace. The shop was in the southwest part of Thunder Tree. Alden, humbled by the information, "No payment is necessary. If we find ourselves near there, we'll take a look. I am just glad you're all safe and in one piece." The party, accompanied by glass staff in captivity, proceeds through the cobbled streets of Fandelin towards the Townmaster's Hall. The late evening sun casts long shadows, creating a stark contrast against the warm golden hues of the building. Upon arriving at the hall, the wooden doors creak open, revealing a bustling interior. Sildar Hallwinter, clad in his armor, stands near a wooden table covered in parchment and maps. His gaze lifts from the documents, surprise and relief washing over his face as he spots the party. "'Sildar!' Gareth calls out, his voice steady. "'We've captured Glassstaff. He won't be causing any more trouble.' Sildar's eyes narrow in disbelief, and then widen in astonishment. I can hardly believe it! Glassstaff is... Yarno? He exclaims, his voice a mixture of shock and betrayal. Glassstaff, his demeanor a mix of defiance and resignation, meets Sildar's gaze with a steady resolve. Your treachery knows no bounds, Albrecht. Your reckoning is long overdue, Sildar declares, his tone unwavering. With a solemn nod, the party presents Glassstaff to Sildar, who steps forward to inspect their captive. The room is filled with a charged tension, the weight of the recent events hanging in the air. We'll be transporting him back to Neverwinter to face trial for his crimes, Sildar states. A fitting end for a man who's betrayed us all, he remarks, his tone resolute. Vandalin owes you a debt of gratitude for putting an end to this menace. Glassstaff, bound and subdued, remains silent, his eyes fixed on the ground. The weight of his actions hangs heavily on his shoulders, the consequence of his betrayal finally catching up to him. Beneath Tresendar Manor, we have locked up a few more red brands, Elena adds somberly. A few didn't make it. The others have been locked in a cell. They will need to be retrieved. As the party hands over Glass Staff to Sildar, there is a sense of closure in the air. The room is filled with a palpable energy, a mix of relief and determination. The party has upheld their duty to Fandolin, and Justice will now run its course. The party exchanges glances, a silent acknowledgement of their shared accomplishment. Their journey is far from over. But, in this moment, they can take solace in knowing that Fandelin is one step closer to safety and peace. From there, the party heads to the Stonehill Inn with hopes of a warm meal and rest. As the party steps through the wooden door, they're greeted by the comforting wave of hearth fire and the rich aroma of home-cooked meals. The inn's interior is cozy and inviting, with wooden beams criss-crossing the ceiling and polishing oak bar running along one side. The flickering light of oil lamps casts a warm amber glow over the room, creating dancing shadows that seem to come alive in the corners. The innkeeper, Toblin Stonehill, a portly, rosy-cheeked man, stands behind the bar, polishing a mug with a practiced hand. His eyes light up with recognition, and a broad smile spreads across his face as he spots the party. Well, if it isn't the heroes of the day. Welcome back, he exclaims, his voice hearty and full of genuine cheer. A handful of patrons are scattered around the room, some hunched over their meals and drinks engaged in hushed conversations, while others enjoy a game of cards at a nearby table. The atmosphere is lively yet peaceful, a testament to the inn's reputation as a sanctuary in Fandolin. The scent of savory stews and freshly baked bread wafts through the air, mingling with the earthy undertones of ale. The party is invited to take a seat at the large sturdy table at the fireplace. Where a welcoming fire crackles merrily, the flames dance and cast playful shadows on the worn wooden floor. As the party settles in, Toblin approaches, his jovial demeanor putting everyone at ease. What can I get you fine folks? A house special, perhaps? It's a hearty beef stew with a side of warm crusty bread, he suggests with a twinkle in his eye. The party exchanges glances, the aroma of food and the inviting atmosphere creating a sense of camaraderie and contentment. They place their orders, their voices blending with a comforting hum of conversation and the occasional clink of cutlery. They enjoy their meal with occasional interruptions of thanks and congratulations from the townsfolk of Phandalin. Eventually, they find their way to their rooms for a well-earned night's respite. With this group, our level of heroes reach level 3! As Alden attains the prowess of a level 3 abjuration wizard, he expands his arcane repertoire to include the potent arts of 2nd level spells. Among these, he now wields the mystical prowess of the Blur spell, which shrouds him in an elusive aura, making him harder to strike in combat. Additionally, he delves into the secrets of invisibility, allowing him to vanish from sight, granting him unparalleled stealth and the element of surprise in various endeavors. As Elena ascends to a new level of divine mastery, she unlocks the potential of second level spells in her arsenal. Among her newfound abilities, she now commands the potent magic of lesser restoration, mending ailments and afflictions with a touch imbued by divine grace. Additionally, she embraces the empowering force of spiritual weapon, allowing her to summon a spectral armament to aid her in battle, blending martial prowess with her unwavering faith. With a keen eye for opportunity and a touch of arcane finesse, Finn now embodies the elusive mantle of an arcane trickster, a roguish archetype that marries stealth with sorcery, this newfound mastery bestows upon her a suite of cantrips including friends, mage hand, and message, as well as a selection of first level spells like Disguise Self, Long Strider, and Silent Image. Additionally, Finn gains the invaluable mage hand ledger domain feature, allowing her to wield a spectral hand with a deft touch of stealth. The spectral appendage can nimbly retrieve, stow objects, and even ply the craft of a thief, picking locks and disarming traps from a distance. With a practiced sleight of hand, she can veil these actions, and with the bonus action granted by her cunning action, she can command the Spectral Hand with seamless precision. Gareth's paths take a decisive turn as he embraces the champion as his martial archetype. This choice grants him the coveted Improved Critical feat. Now, from this point forward when Gareth wields his weapon, the Fates smile favorably, deeming a critical hit on a roll of 19 or 20. This newfound mastery promises to make his strikes all the more devastating. The morning light gently spills into the common area of the Stonehill Inn, casting a warm golden hue across the wooden beams with rustic furnishings. The scent of freshly baked bread and brewing tea mingles in the air, creating a comforting atmosphere. Seated around a sturdy oak table, the party members gather their expressions a mix of determination and camaraderie. Alden's eyes sparkle with newfound arcane power, while Elena's face exudes a calm confidence, the light of her deity shining within her. Finn, now an king trickster, exudes a mischievous air, a playful glint in her eye. Alden leans forward, his voice steady with purpose. Today, we have tasks to accomplish, but let us reconvene here around lunch. We will share our progress and make our next move. Elena nods, her gaze focused. I'll head to the Shrine of Luck to offer my prayers and seek guidance. After that, I'll check the townsfolk to ensure their well-being and spread the word of Saluna to any who are interested. Flynn flashes a, a wry smile. I've got a few contacts in town I need to catch up with. You know, potential business partners. I can also sell off any gems we've found since I'll be at the Miner's Exchange. Gareth, ever the stalwart present, speaks up. I'll visit Barthon's provisions to stock up on supplies. We'll need rations and equipment for the road ahead. As they discuss their individual tasks, the innkeeper, Toblin Stonehill, approaches with warm mugs of tea and plates of buttered toasts. On the house, he says with a kind smile. You've been a great help to Fandolin." The party thanks him, savoring the simple yet hearty fare. With a final exchange of nods and words of encouragement, they set off, each on their respective missions. The promise of a reunion giving purpose to their steps. Alden makes his way through the familiar Edermath Orchard, the rustling leaves overhead providing a soothing soundtrack to his steps. The air is cool and carries the scent of blooming apples. As he approaches the quaint cottage, Darren Edermath is outside, tending to a row of flourishing rose bushes. "'Ah, Alden! It's good to see you again!' Darren exclaims with a warm smile, wiping his hands on a cloth. "'What brings you back to my humble abode?' Alden meets Darren's gaze, a mix of determination and concern in his eyes. We've made progress, Darren. We've captured Glassstaff, and we believe we've put an end to the Red Brand's reign of terror in Vandalin. Darren's eyes widen with a mixture of surprise and relief. Well, that's excellent news. You and your companions have done the town a great service, Alden. With that taken care of, there's another matter I'm hoping you can assist with as well. As Alden listens intently, Darren recounts. I've heard stories from prospectors in the hills northeast of Phandalin that someone is digging in the ruins known as Old Owlwell. More disturbingly, several prospectors have reported being chased from the area by foul undead. Will you head to the ruins a couple of days' march northeast of Phandalin and find out who's there and what they're doing? The ruins are an old watchtower of ancient magical empire known as Netheril, and I'm worried that the dangerous magic might be dormant there. I'm willing to part with some special boots from my adventuring days if you're willing to help. The mention of old Alwell and the presence of foul undead sends a shiver down Alden's spine. The weight of responsibility settles on his shoulders. I understand the gravity of this, Darren. We can't allow any potential threat to Phandalin to go unchecked, Alden replies, his voice steady. I'll talk to the others and we'll head to the ruins and find out who's there and what they're up to. Darren's expression softens, his concern evident. Be cautious, Alden. Those ruins are steeped in history, and not all of it benevolent. I fear dormant magics may hold a dangerous secret." With a determined nod, Alden takes leave of Darren. As he steps back onto the Orchard Path, he knows that the path ahead will be fraught with challenges, but it's a path he and his companions must tread to safeguard Phandalin. Elena makes her way through the peaceful streets of Phandalin, the familiar sight of the Shrine of Luck coming into view. The shrine exudes a calming aura. The air carries a faint scent of incense, mingling with subtle fragrance of wildflowers. As Elena approaches, she notices a small group of townsfolk gathered near the statue, their expressions a mix of curiosity and reverence. They turn to her, offering warm smiles of welcome. Ah, greetings, one of them, a kindly older woman, speaks up. Are you here to pray as well? Elena returns the smile, nodding. Yes, I am. Saluna has been a guiding light in my life, and I find solace in her presence." The townsfolk nod in understanding, their interest piqued. Another, a younger man, leans forward with a respectful curiosity. "'We've heard of Saluna, but we don't know much about her. Would you be willing to share some of your knowledge with us?' Elena's eyes light up with a gentle enthusiasm. "'Of course I'd be happy to.' Saluna is the goddess of the moon, known for her compassion, healing, and guidance. She washes over those who seek the light in darkness, and her presence brings comfort to many. As Elena imparts her knowledge, the group listens intently, their interest deepening. They ask questions, eager to learn more about this deity who has touched Elena's life so profoundly. The exchange of information and shared reverence for Saluna creates a sense of camaraderie among the group. As the conversation flows, Elena finds herself not only deepening her own connection to Seluna, but also fostering a newfound sense of community within Phandalin. The group eventually disperses, each leaving with a sense of enriched understanding and a renewed appreciation for the goddess Seluna. Elena remains for a little while longer, basking in the tranquility of the shrine. Grateful for the opportunity to share her faith with others, she then heads back to the Stonehill Inn. Finn makes her way through the familiar streets of Fandolin, the bustle of the town carrying on around her. The sign for the Phandalin's miner exchange gently swings in the breeze, and she pushes open the door, entering the establishment. Inside the exchange is a hub of activity, with miners discussing their findings and traders haggling over prices. At the far end, behind a sturdy wooden counter, stands Hollya Thornton. Her gaze meets Finn's, and a small, enigmatic smile plays on her lips. Today, Finn, Halia greets her, her voice carrying a business-like tone. What brings you to the Miner's Exchange today? Finn offers a nod in return, a sense of purpose guiding her steps. I have something for you, Halia, she replies, retrieving the letter from the spider and placing it on the counter for Halia to see. Halia's eyes narrow slightly as she reads the contents, her expression shifting briefly before returning to its composed state. Ah, I see. She remarks cryptically. As Halya begins to count out a pouch of gold, Finn raises a hand to halt the process. Wait, Halya, there's something else I'd like to discuss. Halya arches an eyebrow, her interest piqued. Oh, what might that be? Finn hesitates for a moment, then takes a breath, her gaze steady. I'm considering opening a business here in Phandalin, and I believe having someone with your knowledge and influence as an ally would be invaluable. Instead of the gold, I'd ask for your support when the time comes." Halya regards Finn with a calculating look, clearly weighing the request. After a moment, she nods, a glint of approval in her eye. "'Very well, Finn. You have my word. When the time is right, I'll be there to offer my assistance.' With the deal struck, Finn moves on to the next order of business. She carefully places the bag of gems on the counter, their colors glinting in the light. "'These two, I believe, may be of interest,' Finn says." Halya inspects the gems, nodding appreciatively. Indeed, Finn. These will fetch you a fair price. I'll make sure you receive the appropriate compensation. As the transaction concludes, Finn takes a step back, a sense of accomplishment settling within her. She knows that this newfound alliance with Halia Thornton may prove invaluable in the future, and she leaves the Miner's Exchange with a determined stride, ready to face whatever challenges lie ahead. Gareth makes his way to the familiar sight of Barton's provisions. Its wooden sign creaking gently in the breeze. The door swings open with a soft chime, revealing the warm interior of the general store. Shelves upon shelves are neatly organized with various goods, from mundane supplies to curious trinkets. Elmina Barthan stands behind the counter, a welcoming smile lighting up her features as Gareth enters. Ah, Gareth, it's good to see you again, she greets, her voice carrying the friendly tone that has become a trademark of Phandalin's inhabitants. What can I do for you today? Gareth returns the smile, nodding in greeting. Hello, Elmina. I'm in need of some supplies for our next journey. Also, have you heard anything new about Gundren? Elmina's expression softens with concern. She shakes her head gently. I'm afraid not, Gareth. It's been worryingly quiet on that front. I hope he's safe wherever he is. Gareth's brows furrow with a mixture of determination and concern. We'll find him, Elmina. I won't rest until we do. Elmina's eyes reflect gratitude as she meets Gareth's gaze. Thank you, Gareth. Your determination is a comfort to us all. Now let's get you what you need. As Gareth and Elmina go about gathering supplies, the familiar routine of selecting rations, inspecting equipment, and discussing potential necessities for the upcoming journey fills the air. The shelves hold an array of goods, each with its own story and potential use in the adventures that lie ahead. Throughout the process, Helmina shares tidbits of local news and anecdotes, keeping Gareth updated on the pulse of Vandalin. It's a small community, but one where the bonds run deep and every resident's well-being is of genuine concern. With a final exchange of gratitude, Gareth departs from Barthun's provisions, his pack filled with supplies, and a renewed sense of purpose to find Gundren and ensure the safety of his friend. The door chimes softly as he exits, leaving behind the comforting atmosphere of the store, but carrying with him the support and goodwill of Almina and the town of Pandolin. The midday sun casts a warm glow over the familiar interior of the Stonehill Inn. The party members gather around a sturdy wooden table, their faces illuminated by the soft light filtering through the windows. The aroma of hearty stew and freshly baked bread mingles the air, creating a comforting atmosphere. Elena leans forward, her eyes bright with anticipation. Sister Gariel has asked us to seek out Agatha near Coneyberry. She's offering three potions of healing. I'd like to take a look. Saluna may guide us through her wisdom. Alden considers the options as gaze thoughtful. I just spoke with an old family friend who owns an orchard nearby. He asked us to go investigate some ruins near Conyberry called Old Owlwell. There have been rumors of undead causing problems. Unearthing the truth there might uncover ancient secrets and help protect Phandalin. Gareth, a mix of determination and worry etched on his face, speaks up. It's imperative we go to Cragmaw Castle and find Gundren, if he's still alive. I can't hardly sleep knowing the situation he's in. My hope is Gundren also knows where Wavek of Cave is. His spider we keep hearing about can't be up to any good. I'd like to stop whatever he's got planned. Finn, her expression measured, adds, I'm with Gareth on this. Finding Gundren's a priority. Craig Cashel should be our first stop. The discussion continues, each member sharing their insights, weighing the potential benefits and dangers of each path, the room resonates with the hum of voices, the collective energy of a group united by a common purpose. Finally, a consensus emerges. Cragmaw Castle it is, then, Gareth declares, his voice steady. Afterward, we'll journey to Agatha's lair, and Old Al will. Together we'll unravel the mysteries that lie ahead. With the decision made, a renewed sense of purpose settles over the party. They rise from the table, a determined glint in their eyes, ready to face the challenges awaiting them. As they prepare to leave, the innkeeper offers a supportive nod, a silent affirmation of the courage that defines these adventurers. Stepping out into the daylight, the party members all set off on their chosen path, their footsteps echoing with resolve. The road ahead may be fraught with peril, but their bond and shared purpose will light the way through the shadows of uncertainty. The party's journey leads them through the rugged terrain, the familiar sights and sounds of the Tribor Trail gradually giving way to the denser, more foreboding Neverwinter woods. Tall, ancient trees loom overhead, their branches casting elongated shadows across the forest floor. The air is cool and tinged with earthy scent of damp moss. As the sun's golden rays begin to sink toward the horizon, bathing the woodland in a warm amber glow, the party decides to make camp. They select a small clearing amidst the tall trees, the soft bed of leaves providing some semblance of comfort beneath their feet. The crackling of a newly lit campfire feels the air, sending sparks dancing toward the darkening sky. The adventurers sit in a semicircle around the flickering flames, their faces etched with a mixture of weariness and anticipation. Elena's voice rises in prayer, seeking Saluna's protection and guidance for the night ahead. As the first stars begin to twinkle through the canopy, a low guttural growl pierces the tranquil evening air. The party tenses, their eyes scanning the surrounding darkness for the source of the unsettling sound. Emerging from the shadows, a towering ogre steps into the clearing, its hulking form silhouetted against the dying light. Its skin, a sickly gray-green, is marked with scars and signs of countless battles. Its bloodshot eyes menacingly gleam, sizing up the intruders in its domain, it roars with fury. And that is where we leave our group of adventurers. Thanks a ton for watching. Special thanks as always goes out to my patrons. You're all amazing. We will catch you in the next one.